Welcome to Working Matters. I'm Claudia Rempel. And I'm Carl Edwards. Join the conversation on the web at boldenterprises.com. Well, Claudia, we come to the end of another series, this one on natural networking. And I don't know how it ever got to be so unnatural, but it is. And I think we've had a good time kind of shifting people's frame of reference away from the techniques and the formulas and the pretending people are people, but really just seeing them as sales prospects over to what we're calling a series of conversations, all of which are enjoyable, all of which are context appropriate, and a few of which will turn into sales, and a few of which will turn into um, what we call connections. Right. And today we'll um, be discussing really what it means to have relationships consistent with your own personality. So really checking in with yourself. You mean I get to be me? That's what we're saying, yeah. Well, I do have a lifetime of experience in that category, as do all of us, which is our point. You know, your best chance in anything you do is being yourself. And yet, when we get in other contexts, like professionals or needing to sell the thing that we're professionally passionate about, we feel we got to take on this other persona. And it just doesn't come across as well. Kind of hard to do. There's really no need to do it. That's right. And I, I think one of when we were talking about just natural networking, so much of us, we don't do it because we can't be ourselves when we do it. So it really keeps us from making connections with other people, with particularly even in business contexts, even when we're supposed to be at a sales event or at a networking conference, we just sort of, I do, I hide, you know, <laughs> or I, you know, stick to one person that we just, I find one connection with and we just have a conversation with, but I don't expose myself to just other people because I'm afraid both for myself to kind of put on a persona I'm not. And I'm afraid of having somebody give me a sales pitch I don't want. Exactly. And and where did these um, rules come from? You know, that there's a certain, what is it, a personality, a certain uh, set of experience that's legitimate, and those people get to be at the event, and, and the rest of us are supposed to kind of, you know, in order to get our credentials, we have to be as, you know, whatever these rules are, as outgoing, as aggressive, as, you know, what, competent, and... There really, there really aren't rules. And yet, you're right. Those of us who don't fit into some of those stereotypes um, hold back. You know, we're kind of taking a look at that and saying, that's a little bit silly. We're all amazing professionals. We all, you know, are, love what we do. We're good at talking about it. We may not talk about it in that articulate uh, sales pitch uh, style. So what if... What if we could have a conversation about what we do, and it was in our own voice, and in the, in the way we would um, most comfortably chat about what we do, in, instead of you know trying to figure out whatever the other person's point of need was and speak to that. So how do we do that, Carl? How do we you know check in with ourselves in the midst of a conversation at an event, or you know, let's say we really are trying to. Um, or we are in a space that's appropriate to have a business conversation. How do we do that naturally? Well, you hit the nail on the head is, is we need ways to check in with ourselves. And so some of the things that we've pointed to already, but these are actually really important clues, is to start noticing when, when you're holding back, when you feel like your skills aren't good enough, when you feel like you don't have the right or the credentials or the, you know, you feel on the outside. These are 
trigger, this, this discomfort, these different forms of discomfort are your clues that um, you're obeying a set of rules that aren't really there, but that you've got, you've internalized somehow. And once you kind of become aware of something, even if it's hard to push yourself into a conversation, even if it's hard to get yourself out on the floor, you at least can make a choice to try. And if you're willing to be yourself and can take the pressure off of needing to be someone else, you'll do wonderful. You know what? You make a great you. And we can say that to anybody. You make a great you. You're a real good you. And and people will enjoy talking to you. But when it's we do it to ourselves and we think, you know, we need to be in the middle of some sales technique, we need to be have a different set of credentials and we disqualify ourselves. And you know what? Our tone of voice changes, our body language changes, we become apologetic. I'm speaking for myself as much as anybody. Um, when we, you don't think you belong in the conversation and, you know, well, and if you're kind of the other type of person who you've always been comfortable with networking, you can talk about your business at football games, at parties, at Christmas parties, at weddings, but you're starting to notice that people aren't reacting while they avoid you. You feel, you know, mm. a little bit like mm-hmm. there's some, you know, clues, there's ways. How do you check in with yourself then to, to sort of, instead of being that exuberant salesperson, maybe you've been taught that that's how you do networking, but you're noticing that's, that's not really working. That's not totally authentic to you either. How do you check in with that sort of persona? Well, that's, that's the whole point of the problem with techniquing is the practice consumes your consciousness. And so you actually are insensitive, not observant. I don't mean insensitive in an insulting, demeaning way. I just mean you're, you're not able to pay attention to other things because you're paying attention to moving your um, networking forward into making a contact. And so you're not noticing people are avoiding you. You're not noticing things don't because you write it off as the statistics. Well, that's not one of the 1% that's going to be when it probably well could have been if you had been paying attention. So one is, has to do with fostering our um, ability to pay attention, our ability to be observant to our context. It's even, you know, relevant to, the podcast we did on being context appropriate. Are you aware of what's going on in your context? And, you know, somebody, you know, you know, walks up to you with super red eyes, you know, you don't just pick up the conversation where you left off. You, know, you, you shouldn't be able to notice that. You know, I'm trying to pick a kind of super obvious example where the visual clue that something has changed uh, if you're paying attention, but if you're not paying attention, you would just keep talking. And of course, you're being enormously insensitive to someone who's just been crying. So you know, we're working on our observation skills, and we're paying attention to what's going on, which means you're not thinking about you. You're not thinking about where the conversation's going next. It means you're listening. It means you're watching to what's going on around. You know where you are and why you're there. It's a shift in attention, even more than being more attentive. It's a shift in where you're putting your attention. Well, and I like I like the way that you phrased you're you're not paying attention to where the conversation is going. You're just sort of in the moment, and I think that's what we we appreciate. Even you know, even if you've you know bought a car or you've been in a situation where 
um, you were there to actually be sold something. What we appreciate is that person hearing us, being in the moment, and then, you know, offering a recommendation and then offering a suggestion. You know, we just appreciate that, not just moment, not like, don't listen to me and here's the car you should buy, or don't listen to me and here's your new, you know, mixer. That is a great example. Because in that scenario, you, do, you, you may have the whole sales process in one long conversation, right? Sometimes it happens. Now, the, the difference is, is if you're thinking about your technique and you're trying to move this conversation to a sales deal, you're constantly pushing the other person and you're paying attention to yourself and you're paying attention to the process. And am I getting them toward a decision? Now, the same outcome, trying to sell the car... Could be possible, paying attention to them. And if you're listening to them and they have questions, you're answering their questions. That builds trust. It gets the question answered. So they're ready to think about the next thing in the process. So then you deal with the issue, the next thing in the process, what it costs maybe, or what's in, you know, what its upkeep might cost. And you can help them with that, paying attention to them. And then when they're ready to make a sales decision, then you can ask for the decision. But what you're paying attention to is radically different in that conversation that started with them walking in the door and ended with them buying a car is that by paying attention to them, you could recognize when they were ready to move on in the process. You just helped them move on in the process, sold the car. In the first scenario, you weren't paying attention to them at all. You were just making sure this process happened. So you had to force them, you had to manipulate, you had to keep pushing. And that's a huge difference. Well, and I guess lastly, I'm, I'm kind of curious about this. You know, we've, we've talked a, a lot about building trust, about getting to know someone, having an ear, you know, an eye to their needs, aren't, you know, just sort of being responsive, right? And just sort of building this trust through conversations. So let's, let's get to, and we, you know, we've looked at a, at a business perspective, but chances are along the way that some friendships will come out of this. However, um, a brief they may be, it may be like a friendship, over, you know, over a series of conversations. So if we have, you know, we're, we're doing this for business people, for people with business strategies in the developing of these friendships, can we do both? Can we be people who offer our business to our friends? Are these things mutually exclusive? And I, I don't know that we have an answer, but I was wondering your thoughts on that. Well, if you're being yourself, I think you can, because a friend is good to their friends. And if what is being good to them is giving them information about something that you're an expert in and can get them a good deal on or just get, help them make happen, then, the, then they're consistent. If your friendship is your means you know, to, you know, build a pyramid or to get into their friends' lives and access to their social circles, then you're kind of using your friends. Then I would, then I would say your definition of friendship has shifted from being good to them to figuring out how you can manipulate them so that they can be good to you. So that can work for your business. That's kind of the shift there where it doesn't work and it's not really a friendship anymore. It's a using the people that you're, most intimate with. And I, you know, my money is on those relationships not lasting a lot longer, you know, out of that. But again, it's this being real. Our problem is we don't, let's see if I feel comfortable saying this out loud. You know, a lot of us do not, we just want the outcome. We want to tell me what works. Tell me what will get the sale. Tell me what will build my business. Oh, networking. 
Okay, let me go do networking. What does networking look like? Oh, does it look like that? Okay, I'll go do those things. I got to get my business to work. They're not really interested in relationship. They're not really listening to the other people. They don't want to care. They don't want to help them. They want it all to move toward the sale. And that so possesses their consciousness that they really, you wouldn't know that they were with real human beings. And it's letting that go and trusting the relationship process, trusting the conversation frame of reference, that if you're really paying attention and listening to other people, you know, let's say the statistics stay exactly the same and, you know, about 1% of, of people who you meet on one level, on a superficial level, will want to take it to a deeper level professionally. You know, let's say that just stays the same. We have a much more, you know, chance of recognizing those people if you're actually listening to the real person that's over there instead of listening to the technique you're trying to follow. I think I've certainly learned a lot in this conversation, even for myself, even, you know, being in a, in a business where a lot of it is word of mouth and relationships and, you know, it's not like a storefront or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and a lot of consulting is about trust. A lot of it is. Oh my gosh. Yes. uh, You know, and really getting to know you. And a lot of it is building conversations before people trust enough to engage in services, particularly when they pertain to so much, uh, of a personal nature, of a personal advice. So I certainly appreciate this podcast. We're on the web at boldenterprises.com. And we would love to be in conversation with you. (laughs) That's right. Uh, We'll see you next time. This podcast is a Bold Enterprises production.